Refuge Freedom Stories, brought to you by Refuge Ministries Canada. For the next half hour, your hearts will be filled with hope as you hear real-life stories from individuals that have been changed by the power of God. Enjoy the show. Hi, this is Dave Shear. I'm the host of Refuge Freedom Stories, and I'm here today with a, a special guest, Aaron McGill. How are you, Aaron? I'm fantastic, Mr. Dave. <laughs> so Aaron uh, does a show on uh, Faith FM as well, and I believe it comes on... Yeah, Mondays at 9 and Wednesdays at 10. Beautiful. P.M., yeah. Yeah, P.M. <laughs> yeah. And that, that show is called? The Good News Blues Review. Awesome. You, you just do blues on there, or are there other formats? There's a few. I get to sneak in a few things. I'll sneak in some bluegrass and some folk and some fun. But, you know, it's gospel-y. Mm-hmm. Yeah, beautiful. Aaron, can you tell us about your relationship with Christ and basically how God came into your life or where that started for you? For sure. I'll start way back in the beginning. When I was a young man, unlike some people, I was fortunate to grow up in a Christian home. So, you know, for me, hearing about Jesus and stories about God doing things was something, you know, I, I can't have a memory without that beat. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. And I'm so grateful for that. You know, we heard stories from early years of even my great-grandparents. There was a plague going through in Manitoba where he lived, and it was killing all these horses, but he prayed that his horses uh, weren't killed at all by this plague. So you grow up hearing these amazing things. Mm, yeah. As a little kid, and you hear, wow, this God's real and all this. So I had actually surprisingly interesting encounter when I was five years old. That's something you sort of expect to, to have when you're five. Mm-hmm. And I woke up one morning, and I couldn't open my eyes. I was trying to open my eyes in bed, just rubbing them, and I couldn't open them. And when I finally opened my eyes, at the foot of my bed, there was a cross, glowing light. <laughs> Wow. There was like, oh, yeah, I know, right? So I saw, like, floor to ceiling, I saw there was a rock, and the cross was coming out of the rock, and there were actually strings, like, it looked like a guitar string, that's how I understand it now, coming out of the rock, going up the cross. Mm-hmm. It was just amazing, just the presence of God was terrifying, and that was sort of my first thing where God started zeroing in on me. How after old did that, you say you were? Oh, I was, I was five. Okay, was five yeah. Years. And then soon after that, I gave my heart to the Lord. I was, you know, my parents had no problem sharing salvation or telling us about Jesus. And sin and, and that sort of old-fashioned Christianity was very much around, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, just because of the people that would show up at the house. We'd have missionaries that were going around the world. And, and unknown people, you know, like mm-hmm. Paul said, were known and yet unknown. And they'd just end up at the house one day, and you'd be hearing, again, all these phenomenal practical stories about the power of the gospel. And it, mm-hmm. it can't help but impact you. Well, I uh, imagine, you know, I, I, your home, I, I can only imagine knowing Larry and just... Yeah, troublemaker. What a guy. <laughs> your dad. I should qualify your dad, Larry. Yes. What a guy. Yeah, I know. And like I, my best friend when I was seven years old, a fellow named Jonathan Barnhorn. The Barnhorns were good friends family. Mm-hmm. I know you might have even run into Martin and Rita. Yes. But they took off yeah, they took off for Papua New Guinea. Mm-hmm. And you know, when your best friend leaves to go to the literally the other side of the world, <laughs> you know, that impacts you. You you, you start you, getting this idea that this is what Christians are supposed to do. They're supposed to go find you know, dark places on the earth and mm-hmm. bring that light. Yes. So I couldn't escape that. I always had the idea of you know getting in a plane and going to some remote place and landing and, and preaching the gospel. It was just sort of in me yeah. uh, because we were around it. You know? mm-hmm. 
So really, I would say that led up to almost where we are today, just a few years ago. Like my family and I, in 2008, let me just say this, 2008, God, you know, I've been married for 20 years this May, which is amazing. Congratulations. And my wife, uh, we've gone to all kinds of crazy spots, and she hasn't run to the hills, and neither have I, so it's <laughs> Jesus has kept us together. Yes. And, and only him. So, you know, those early impacts, like train up a child in the way she should go when he's old, he won't depart from it. Those early ideas of what Christianity was never left us, and, and so it was always something that was on the radar, but it was never something we kind of understood how to get into, because, you know, here we are in Canada. You know, I didn't feel particularly called to, say, Africa, like the climate classic missionary field mm-hmm. or India or any place like that. But in 2008, God just had us go west, and we did what Jesus told us to do. We gave away everything. Mm-hmm. So we'd have people come over and just kind of pick up the furniture they wanted, and they'd take it and leave. And so that was good. That was a new feeling. Yeah. You know? But we did that, and we ended up working with this First Nations group who did uh, a youth camp for First Nations Youth in Alberta. Sorry, First Nations and, Youth. Yeah, First Nations Youth. Yeah, yeah called Camp Living One. Okay. And we were uh, working around Edmonton. It was very fascinating because it was, you know, it was a, a brand new world, very spiritual world. There's a lot of power there. We met a medicine man who came to Jesus and had phenomenal experiences with powers of darkness. Mm-hmm. Some that if I said, you know, most people wouldn't even believe. But yeah. Just an amazing man, a man named Adolphus Kutin. Mm-hmm. But that really started us on this path of at least, you know, being aware of, of sort of the world God wanted us to influence, the people God had put on his heart through us. And so in 2016, we had heard about the suicide crisis up in Attawapiska. You know, we're just a little family. We didn't know how to get involved in that at all in any real way. So I did what anyone else does. I Googled Attawapiska. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and church and I ended up finding a girl named Faith had made a little picture essay for her school up there and it had different buildings in town and that's all it was. It was like three pages of different buildings in Attawapiska mm-hmm. and one of them was the Pentecostal church. I was like, aha! There is a church. <laughs> so I was like, well maybe we can get in touch with that person and at least just pray, right? We don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And so I harassed the group that printed the article and, and it ended up leading to me getting in touch with a fellow who was over the church up there and he was kind of curious as to why we'd want to help and he ended up telling me, you know, the pastor who's up there is actually leaving for seven weeks. He was going out to do some school, and there'd be an opening for someone to go in. And I was actually surprised that there wasn't this long lineup of young, you know, Pentecostal preachers. Yeah. Who, you know, just to be chomping at the bit to get the fire of God in during a crisis. Fresh like, out of Bible college, you know. <laughs> I know, right? Like, well, set them loose. Right? Yep. <laughs> but no one wanted to go because it was, a, it was a, you know, 2,000 kilometers north. There's polar mm-hmm. bears and there's flies that can will they will carry your children away into the woods yeah you know and, and the suicide crisis is genuine there was you know a girl had, had killed herself and then 120 attempts followed suit they were serious like they would have to get flown out or they'd die mm. so it was it was quite the situation and it ended up being that the door opened for us and he met with me you know he didn't know me and that was amazing even how god connected us with him but he met with me and asked me like a hundred theological questions you know are you a pentecostal what, what are you you know and i passed his theological test which was nice and then it was just a matter of him trying to get approval for us mm. and again we're not i can't emphasize that we're just a family we're not a ministry i don't have a you know charitable number i'm, I'm a guy who has a radio show who's a musician who records music from time to time and the doors just kept opening. He had to 
get approval from the PAOC and the Western arm of the PAOC and Aboriginal Pentecostal Ministries and the chief had to approve us and all these people had to approve us who knew nothing about us. And they kept saying yes for some wild reason. So on the last door to open, he emailed me and said, it's a go. And six days later, we were there. Wow. Which is amazing. We just like tried to find someone to take, you know, take our cats and do all that stuff and tell our landlord we're gone for, you know, two months. And <laughs> yep. it's just, yeah, it was crazy, right? And then you try and find, okay, you got to take a train up and you've got to fly in from this, you know, Moosonee, you, know, you figure out the travel. And mm-hmm. It's quite wild. And but your whole family. Be, yeah, and the whole family, we took everyone. And people were going, man, why are you taking your kids? Because like there's, you know, suicide crisis and the devil's attacking the kids. Yes. And, right? And we're just, I have learned, again, growing up in what I grew up in and, the, and, and stories we'd heard, not just, you know, Bible stories, but you have to obviously be familiar with the Word of God. Mm-hmm. But when you hear other people who've walked with this Jesus, and you find it, oh, he, you mean he's still doing stuff? You know, he, he is. So we were totally convinced that, you know, God's force who can be against us. And we threw ourselves into it. And when we landed, it did. It, it, it kind of shocked us. The first day, because you walk around town and there's, you know, burned out cars. And, mm. and you sort of feel like you're in a war zone. And you wow. start hearing things like, it's a community of 2,200 people. And you hear things like, well, there's 200 drug dealers in town. Wow. That's like one out of 10. Mm. You know? So, like, for example, like, you know, you could, people are selling pills down in London for like 20 bucks for like Oxycontin or something up there it's like 400 bucks oh boy so it's insane right it's insane mm-hmm. and it, the sad thing is that you know everyone knows everyone and you're related so it's really the family just destroying themselves yes so it's very sad uh, and very tragic but <laughs> the pastor's wife met us i still to this day i've never met the pastor and i've been up many times <laughs> <laughs> and she basically said okay you're kind of like a novelty you know when the bad kids come around just lock the door and call the cops <laughs> <laughs> Uh, like, Doesn't this really sound like a what would Jesus do kind of moment? <laughs> you know? Like out of a so, movie. Uh, yeah, I know, right? I was, I was going, how's this going to go? We, we didn't do that. We, and again, we had no plan. Our plan was just, we're just going to be us up there. And mm-hmm. uh, however we know Jesus, we're going to try and make that available to others. Yes. So we, we didn't lock the door. We just would go for walks, leave the door open. And honestly, within a couple of days, we had between all. Uh, to say on a low seven to eight kids with us every day up to sometimes 25 and we would have all the high risk for suicide kids would come to the church like i can tell you story after story after story it was just amazing i met like the worst kids on the res we met an 11 year old who just got out of drug rehab we met 12 year olds who'd been arrested five times for running cocaine wow you know you meet 17 year olds who are having kids with 14 year olds and heartbreaking yeah it's it is. It is. And it is tragic, yet it's amazing when you don't go with a religious slant, mm-hmm. when you just go with a real Jesus and the power of the Spirit and the love of God, you see how easy it is. Because uh, they can read you right away. And that's the thing I love about First Nation, our Native brothers and sisters. Yes. They just read you so straight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Because they're so used to religion. You know, they've been abused by it for 500 years. So yes. when you just come with the real Jesus and, and just be how you are, it's amazing how the doors open. We got to pray in the hospital for the sick. We got invited to an elder's funeral. I was asked to do music there. Like, no white people allowed kind of thing. Yep. It was just amazing to see the doors got opened. And to see, again, we saw amazing power of the Spirit and miracles. And all the cool stuff you read about in the Bible, but it's just hanging out on the fringes of society waiting for people to take the gospel there and mm. it's just awesome fantastic just awesome. where are you now these days where are you up to? 
Yeah. Well, right now, right now we actually live in found land, which is seems so strange. <laughs> <laughs> but the nice thing about you know when when you're going to that Wapskin or other you know other spots, you you have to fly in anyway. So you, you could we could be really living in Spain. Newfoundland was just a spot that was sort of on our hearts for about 15 years to come check out. Mm. And during the pandemic, when that all started, we said, "Well, hey, seems like the perfect time." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, why not? Exactly. And yeah, and so in September we just, you know, headed out, got rid of a bunch of stuff, put our things in a trailer, and you know, made it through the three police checkpoints. That was new. Mm-hmm. You know, border crossing checkpoints in our own country. Wow. But we, you know, made it out here, and, and here we are. Here we are. So wow. Yeah, yeah, it's lovely. What's a day, a regular day look like for you guys? It depends what we're doing and where we're going. There's always time in the word because you got to get your sword. Your sword has to be sharp because you, you can get asked at any moment, uh, anything. Mm-hmm. Now, why is there a God? Yeah. <laughs> to, to, you know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> right to, you know, is my grandpa in hell. Yeah. You know, you don't want to just be, uh, oh, yeah, here, just give me a couple days, I'll get back to you. Yeah. I want to be ready, you know. We want to be ready. So there's all we're always doing that. Even the family, we're always doing Bible studies. And, and I'd say the only good thing about the internet is it has allowed us to keep in contact with people up north when we're down when we're not up there. Mm-hmm. And so I give my one daughter a light. She's just turned 16, but she's been leading people to the Lord. Amazing. Um, just since we've been here, talking to them up there, and she'll chat with them on Messenger and tell them about Jesus. And, and, and they know her. And they they would come out to the church and stuff, not make a decision. So she's just been following up on some stragglers, and it's mm-hmm. just awesome to see. So it's like the thing that got put in me about what real Christianity is supposed to look like, just going out. And, and it's not complicated. Just be real. Jesus is with you. Don't fear men or the devil. Just go go, go to work. That's really been instilled in our kids. And they love, like, they love going to hard places. Like, mm-hmm. love it. Oh, which is boy. awesome to see. Got it in their blood now, you know, and, and yeah, oh, just, yeah. like, just like dad and just like grandpa and it's it's a heredity it's passed down and, and that that just reflects on the truth of god's word what you mentioned earlier about show a child in the way they should go it's but so it's true. a beautiful example to see that yeah and it, it, it is it's it's a real honor and i think the biggest eye-opener even when we were in Anawaska the first time is because you know everyone's going oh god send a revival send a revival and i get that it's nice you know when god will blanket a town like even where we are there was a revival i didn't even know about this in 1922 about five minutes from where we live and god literally just clobbered the area like almost like the welsh revival people were getting saved in the woods on the streets not even at the church so amazing it was called the clark's beach revival Mm -hmm. but you know we're always wanting that but what we found is the harvest is never the problem like jesus said the harvest is ready but it's the it is the laborers the Mm -hmm. laborers are few so we found as when we just went out there you know went to this hard place went to this this place that was experiencing a hardship and just brought the love of god that we had in us there we saw god almost running ahead i wouldn't say almost he was he was running ahead to demonstrate his power and his love like we saw food multiply people get healed just amazing power things happen, but it was never like it's miracle time, starring Aaron. It was never that. <laughs> always find out about it after the fact. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was like like signs that follow the believer. You go and you love on people and you make yourself available. Then after, we'd always hear about these cool things. Mm-hmm. It was, it's kind of funny how God did it. Before you head out, they've already gone ahead of you to the, that town and, and, you know, sent angels and whatever and prepared the way. All you have to do is show up and open your mouth or do whatever it is you're asked to 
to do. And then, yeah. again, you don't always find out at the moment the seeds that you plant yeah. until after the fact, right? Oh, 100% true. And even with that angels, like last time we were up, that would happen regular. We'd hear stories at church of people before they came to church who started hearing singing in the sky over the church building. And they'd go out and they'd hear angels sing. Wow. And then they, then someone would pull up and say, hey, you want to go to church? And they'd be very excited to go to church that night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, already prepared. That's a way to motivate them, right? Mm-hmm. So and we'd hear stuff like that all the time, like just, you know, really cool, seems like, you know, stuff from 2,000 years ago, but it was so normal. It's a weird thing to get used to, mm-hmm. but God's the same. Jesus is the same. He doesn't change. Yeah. So what has changed? You know, I think people have just gotten away from doing the simple gospel. And once we get back to that, then we can see that power come back again. Well, absolutely. And, you know, culturally, to today in in Canada and the U.S. and all these type of civilized, advanced countries, whatever they refer to them as, it's it's lost. You know, the 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 need is there, but for some reason, it's anything that's unique or strange or different is you know your your thought of well, that's just crazy. That's not par for the course, so we're not going with that. But when you go to these other places, it's you know, and that's the way God moves, right? And yeah. He's always doing a new thing and something something bizarre and strange. You know? Yeah, that, that's what I love too. It's like people do get hung up sometimes on the on the cultural differences, mm-hmm. but the gospel of the kingdom of God can easily bridge that. Jesus Christ has no problem. Jesus Christ was not a white British male, right? <laughs> so he. He has no problem reaching people of mm-hmm. color. Absolutely. Not a problem for him. He loves all people, you know. So when you come with the real Jesus, you know, when he rides shotgun, he's going to reach the people. And, and that's that's the confidence we can have. It's his heart for them. Be his hands and feet, you know, and he'll do the job. And he will. I think down here we've got so, what's the word, professional? Mm-hmm. We've basically homogenized Christianity. Yes. You know, we've, we've tried to smooth out all those rough spots. But Christianity, you know, when you read the Bible, it is sort of a wild west. There is an edge to it. There is a grit to it. It gets under your nails. Mm-hmm. And it, it upsets people. And it upsets the politicians because it can't sort of be wrangled. We should be upset by that. You know, that's that's how it's going to be. Like, even when within a couple of days when we were up there our first time, the chief, you know, wanted to meet me. Wow. <laughs> and, and, and drove me around in this pickup truck for two hours asking me literally like a hundred questions. <laughs> uh, and you're going, oh, this is it, right? If this goes wrong, we're gone. Mm-hmm. It went really well, and we ended up praying together, and he just blessed us for being in that community. And it's amazing. Fantastic. It's amazing, right? But that's, again, we're we're not professional at that. They all, again, well, I'm not a, we're not a ministry. We're just a family. So right. all I know is him in relationship to my family and what I've learned about him and, and how he is in the Word. But I've found that's enough, you know. The, the real Jesus is apparently enough. We don't need all our fancy programs. Yeah. Like, we didn't have a vacation Bible school. We just had an open door and tons of kids with us every single day. So wow. They meet with us. It was amazing. That's... Like, we just didn't say no. And you, uh, said, you said yes quite a few times to God, right? <laughs> well, that's yes. And I'd be tired. Oh, my God. You'd be so tired. I remember some people let us use their canoes, and we were canoeing on the river. And it's a pretty serious river. Like, we saw a beluga whale on that river. You're tired. And I got back. It was like 6, 6.30, something like that, end of the day. I got back to the church. We were actually living in the church. I slept on the on the stage behind the pulpit. And I got this phone call, and it was a friend of ours. She's like, hey, Aaron, come down to the river and do some gospel music. And everything in me was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> but you don't say that. You say, yes. You know? <laughs> and so I grab my guitar. I'm like, so done, you know, from just paddling mm. and, uh, and being in the sun. And, and I go down there and they've got like a couple speakers set up for me. And it's like kind of funny. And so I go down. And the thing I like about up there, I lived in Texas for a bit when we first got married. But up north, it's all country gospel. Mm-hmm. It's like the Texas of the north. You know, <laughs> you know, anything from like between 1950 and 1980 is fine up north. Yes. Just all the classics. So I would just play country gospel song. And I'm tired. And I'm singing. Then people would come out and pick up Chuck Chipotle. People would get together on the kind of up where the buildings are. I'm more down on the shore playing. And, uh, and that was it. I did my thing. You packed up the guitar and started going back. And then as I'm going back, the lady who asked me to come play, she bikes up next to me with like a huge smile. And she says, people are finding out about the Holy Spirit. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so then she tells me, so while I'm playing, waves of energy are coming from where I'm playing and knocking into people, knocking people over. Wow. And God's supernaturally, said this one girl was just weeping. God supernaturally delivered her of all this guilt and stuff. She just breaks down weeping. Meanwhile, well, I'm just standing there as tired as me. Yep. Playing, you know, not I'm not feeling a thing like zero. It's just Aaron being tired, but just you know, offering what I can, my little music skill, and playing some country gospel. Not thinking anything of it. Not thinking, you know, wait till I play this chord, then the power of God's going to be unleashed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not at all. But then afterwards, again, like it was always after you find out about all this cool stuff. You're like, God, I wish you told me before. Yeah. You know, but he's like, yeah, why would I? <laughs> <laughs> So that's amazing. Like, you know, you've, you've shared with us, you know, your experience from a young child and then yeah. passing that on to your family and, and answering God's calling, telling us about how God has revealed himself and his power yeah. through your obedience to ministry. And again, saying it's not you, it's not, it's not me, it's God, right? That's the freedom. That's the freedom we have. Absolutely. So if you were to say to someone today uh, something that you would leave a message with somebody listening today, one of our listeners... What would you say? Here's the thing. You know, God knows where you are. Don't try and be where you're not. Just be where you are with God, and He can take you to those places you want to be. There's no limit with God. Jesus said, with God, all things are possible. Mm. I have one job that I've realized. Just get with Him. Mm. Yes, of course, His Spirit's always with me. Yes, we get that. Mm-hmm. But there's something more, like, for example, my wife's, you know, makes some soup out in the kitchen. There's something more than her just being in the same house. But when we engage, we, we, we talk, we have those intimate conversations. And that's what, that's all God wants. Just mm-hmm. give him the time of day, spend that time with him, and then allow him to use you. Just look for those dark places. That's all we did with Adawapskat. We're like, that is the worst place in Canada right now. And so that's where Jesus is going to be. Mm-hmm. As Jesus said in John 12, 26, where I am. There will my servant be. He didn't say where you are, I'll send revival. He said, no, I'm already somewhere. Find out where I am and come serve me there. (laughs) Absolutely. I remember somebody talking and saying they wanted to get God into one of the prisons, you know, and they were being held back from bringing the gospel and God into the prison. And the nun that was running the prison uh, chapel said, God's already here. (laughs) He's been here a long time and and probably more here than anywhere else. Exactly. Like he's light. Yes. He loves running at darkness. And we just can't fear. It's not the time to fear. That's the thing that keeps most people back from ministry. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that's scary. That's a serious 
situation. Welcome to the gospel, sunshine. It's about, <laughs> it's about serious situation. Amen. If we, Amen. if we have a real God, not just someone who's dispensing morality, but an actual living God, then let's go at places that need a God. That's it. Well, well, thank you so much for being with us today, Aaron. I'm hoping to listen to your show a little bit more. And what it's on, you said what, Mondays and Wednesdays? Yeah, Mondays, on, at, Mondays at 9 p.m. and Wednesdays at 10 p.m. Right on. Thanks so much for being with us. All right.
I hope that you have enjoyed the last half hour as much as I did. Thank you again to Refuge Ministries Canada for hosting the show. So until next Friday, may God richly bless you with peace, love, and happiness. Refuge Ministries are so blessed by the success of Refuge Freedom Stories and podcasts. In addition, we focus on youth prison ministry, release kits, and many other diverse outreaches to the needs of our community. As a nonprofit, there are many costs involved, however, and we are asking for your support. Financial gifts can be made via our website at www.refugeministriescanada.com or by calling 519-701-0108. Your giving makes this work possible, and we thank you in advance for your support. That's 519-701-0108. God bless you.